a Rundle who will bring it away. Not out of danger yet, though. Cries it for holding the ball. The crowd have just gone off. Dogs back oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, no, I think that's Luke Ball. Luke Ball has just... It's the goal of the day. It might even be the goal of the year. The ball that's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Spice! It's Spice! He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. And the big boy kicked the Eastland weekend recovery. Plenty of action to cover on this July Sunday morning. The Vermont of old get ruthless. Berwick stun the Bulls. And Knox pull off a bit of a miracle over East Burwood. And two draws around the divisions. That and a lot, lot more to cover this morning. I'm Ryan Long, media manager of the Eastern Football Netball League. Joined by Josh Ward, Blake Tennant, Ray Baird. Ray, you were out at Roval yesterday. So plenty to talk about there when we uh, touch on Premier Division. Yes, I was out at East Ringwood. I had East Ringwood, that's right. (laughs) No, No, it was a great game of football too. Absolutely, and Josh, we're there at Tormore Reserve. Uh, plenty to chat about there. Uh, a couple of real key outs for the Dockers certainly made it tough. Yeah, they did, and uh, it was a really great performance from Baronia on the day, and luckily for Jared and myself, it was good conditions on the boundary. Yes, it was a nice uh, Saturday for once. And Blake, what were you up to yesterday? I uh, went down and watched the Mighty Tigers, uh, Richmond, oh, of course, um, and it was just a, it was a great game for you. I've uh, I haven't been to many thrillers, but uh, I think that might be up there. So yeah, we'll, we'll chat about that one off air, I reckon, after, after the uh, the podcast. But we're going to jump into Division 2 first. And as we said, we were at Tormore Reserve yesterday for a 1v2 clash, but there was just an important clash out at HE Park Reserve. It was three versus four, and the Waverley Blues romped home for a 52-point win, 15-15-105, defeating the Jets 7-11-53. Place and Walker kicked four goals each. Muhammad kicked two. And on the line, joining us to speak about the win is the senior coach of the Waverley Blues, Tom Langford. Tom, congrats on the win, mate. And a great couple of weeks of the club. have moved from two games behind third to now second position on the ladder. Thanks, mate. And morning, morning, fellas. Um, mate, yeah, look, it's been, it's been a nice couple of weeks for us. Um, after a, a, a bye, obviously, we generated the bye in round 14 after the the Good Friday game earlier this year, so a really good chance for us to, to reset and go again. Um, yeah, results have gone our way elsewhere, and you know we've also produced some really good footy on the pitch. So, really pleasing fortnight for us. And, and how did you see the game out in the field yesterday? Obviously, a, a strong start in that first quarter, uh, challenge a bit in the second, but then eight goals to two in the second half. So, certainly looked like you had control for uh, the pretty much the majority of the afternoon. Yeah, well, we're really pleased with how yesterday went. It was a really um, complete performance um, from our, our perspective. We, we feel like it was our best performance of the year so far, which is which is great at this time of, of year. It was great conditions. Obviously, it's still still day with the sun out, so um, that sort of weather probably suits us a little bit. And we like the game to be nice and open. And um, you know, we we obviously like to try and score heavily where possible and, and move the ball quickly. So. The conditions suited us after a, a pretty wintry month or so. Um, and, yeah, our guys just seem to have the right mentality from, from day dot. Um, we can see the goal in the first 30-odd seconds, actually, and then from then on we seemed really really switched on and played really strong footy in the first quarter. And um, Heathmont definitely came back in the second and um, we were able to sort of, I think, absorb that um, that sort of surge from them and, and, and kick away in the second half. And our guys sort of seemed to, to grow with belief as the game went on. It was, it was really pleasing and... and um, you know, the mood 
after the game is really strong. So, yeah, really great day for us. Tom, Josh Ward here. Just want to focus on one player that's come into the senior side this year and has made an instant impact. Josh Walker has been named in your best seven out of ten times and he kicked another four goals yesterday. Playing in the 19s last year, you must be pleased with the impact he's having in his first senior year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's a yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a really super talent. Um, you know, we we played him in the forward line yesterday, and um, you know he was an impossible matchup, and um, he's just such a dynamic player. Um, you know, the ability to that was his first game as a forward. He's pro, he's previously played his other games as a midfielder in our side. So um, you know, he's got a few tricks, and um, his athleticism and his skill level are both really high. So. You know, we we really we really have a big emphasis on playing to the individual strengths, and um, we just felt yesterday as a matchup, he'd be a really tough one, and, and luckily we got that one right. But um, yeah, he's a super talent. We love having him. You know, he shares his time between us and the Oakley Chargers. Um, so yeah, uh, looks as though Oakley may miss the finals, so we'll have him for our finals. So that's uh, that, that's really pleasing. Also, he's a really important piece for us. And other midfielders as well, you know, Demetrius Roof is alongside yourself. And do you feel like they're starting to, to really hit some form and that they've put together some pretty good seasons as well, the, the midfield group? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Tyson Hale has been probably a standout midfield the last two years and, you know, he does a great job. He just works so hard and, um, you know, really strong overhead, really, really hard runner, really strong when the ball's on the deck as well. So he's probably our, our barometer in there. And in recent weeks, we've added... Rufus and Muhammad, who were both probably um, half-forward type options for us previously, who would go into the midfield for little bursts, but now playing them as primary mid- midfielders who who possibly rest elsewhere, and, and, and they've had a huge spike in the intensity around the contest for the team, and you know just their ability to win the ball and hunt the man's been really strong. And I think we identified we needed a couple of players to be potentially um, you know stronger, if that's the right word, and more contested. Um, against some of the, the bigger bodied sides and the stronger teams in the comp. And, um, you know, yesterday it was a great chance for us to see that sort of come to fruition. It's Ray Baird here, Tom. Look, congratulations on the win. Now, look, I'm, if I make a mistake, I'm first to admit, and I was pretty critical of your side early in the first half of the season that I thought you leaked too many goals to the opposition. But, you know, with a 50-point win yesterday and, and your form uh, recently has sort of solved that problem, was I correct or not? And I stand to be corrected. Was I right in saying that you leaked too many goals early on? It's an interesting one. I'm not sure if Ryan shared with you, but I sent him some stats uh, after you first said something to, to to counter your argument. But um, look, you probably were right. Um, the reality was we, um, I think I think at the moment our record is we might be the fifth best defensive side if you look at just the overall totals um, to match obviously the strongest offensive side. So. So I guess the raw stats probably back that up, Ray. I think I think some of the key parts here are uh, how the game is played, though, rather than just seeing the result. And you know, we definitely prefer the game to be open. We, we don't we don't need to shy away from that. And that means that we are possibly going to concede goals here or there. Now we definitely want to tighten up that area of our game, and having some key personnel back in recent weeks has definitely helped there. Um, so we definitely want to tighten that up. So I think you definitely were on the money. Um, however. The way we want to try and play, and you know, playing an attacking game, well, you have to be, have to be, uh, you have to have the courage to concede, to you know, the high risk, high reward sort of mentality. You know, you can't, you can't, uh, 
be too scared to concede a goal, you know, in the quest to score. So um, whilst I do agree that uh, we definitely were leaking too many scores, um, absolutely, that's a fact, especially against some of the lower-rung sides. Um, I don't think it's necessarily um, an issue for us going forward. Um, as long as we, we can continue to score, um, you know, then hopefully our defence comes on the back of a strong offence. And at the end of the day, I suppose, if all you've got to do is keep winning because the four points is much, you know, is much more valuable than, than a big percentage anyway. Oh, look, that's right. Um, you know, and we, we, we lost those three games in a row, um, which was interesting. We were working on some really specific parts of our game on the training track, and unfortunately we weren't able to, to produce the wins on game day. Um, you know, there were always circumstances with all losses for all teams, whether it be personnel or weather conditions or playing away or there's lots of variables all the time. Um, but the reality was we weren't good enough to win those games, even though we could have won all of them. Um, so it's been really pleasing to see some of that work now, now benefiting us on game day. Um, having said that, you know, you want to make sure that you've got a system in place that the players can execute and you want to make sure you've got a system in place that you believe can win games in finals. Yeah, irrespective of letter positions, you've got a huge game next week because we're not yeah. winning yesterday. Uh, is it a little bit harder to try and get guys up, you know, when you play these lower sides when, in any important games? I'd be lying if I said 18 games across the season, the players come in with the same attitude for all 18. I mean, we don't have to be, we don't have to kid ourselves just to try and say the, the nice or the correct thing. Um, however, at this time late in the year with, um, you know, the recent spike we've had up the ladder and we know that we've got a role to play for, I'd be really disappointed if our guys came in with a poor attitude on the weekend coming up. I'd be really disappointed. It's uh, the pointy end of the season now. So, you know, there's a lot riding on every game. G'day, Tom. Blake Tennant here, of course. Um, just a quick one, mate. Um, when you started uh, the game against uh, Heathmont, did you feel like that was your best start for the year? I think you kicked. I think uh, Heathmont kicked one goal to you guys, five goals. Did you feel like that was the best start of your season to date, or is there another game in particular where you started well? We had a couple of uh, really strong starts against Mulgrave. I think I think we actually kicked eleven goals in the first quarter against them one day out of their ground. Um, but from an attitude perspective, it was really pleasing to see, especially when we conceded a goal in the first six seconds. Um, it was really pleasing to see our guys sort of just almost brush it off and say, that's all right, we'll get the next one back. Um, our midfielders went to work. Uh, the territory data shows that the ball was in our forward for the majority of the quarter. And, um, yeah, it was a really, really pleasing start for us. And um, most importantly, the contest was right up. So, yeah, we were thrilled at quarter time. And, um, you know, we continued the momentum for the rest of the game. Yes, you did. Um, and just a quick one as well. you got uh, four away games coming up to finish off your season. Is there... Is something going on down at Mount Waverley that you can't yeah. get into home games, mate? We've got a big redevelopment happening, Blake, so you've absolutely nailed that one, mate. Um, we, we changed a couple of uh, – we worked with a couple of teams earlier in the year, I think the Basin in particular, which was really great of them to swap our home and away games around. So we had – I think we had seven out of eight games at home through the middle part of the year, and the trade-off, of course, is now the last four away. So our ground's about to be ripped up. Um, it was meant to start this week, but actually has been delayed for a few weeks, which is great because it, it it allows us to continue to train there. Um, and then, yeah, we'll be probably almost certainly playing at a different venue next year while the ground and the pavilion and everything gets a complete makeover, and we look forward to 
hopefully, if trades are on time, as they always are, uh, round one 2025, launch the new facility. And did the buy just just going back a, a couple of weeks now? Is it was did the buy come at the perfect time for you? Uh, obviously, you know maybe Mulgrave are probably in a similar boat and they've come out pretty strong after the buy. But I think you had roughly eight or nine of your best twenty-two out uh, probably a month or so ago, and you still got a few more to come back in. And Perry and Williamson obviously very crucial to your forward line. Um, you recruit in Diggle still missing, so there's a lot of upside to come, and it, it's probably helped you out a bit to be able to get a few more players back on the park. Mate, from a personnel perspective, absolutely. Um, you know, as you identified there, we had we did have a lot out. I think the game we played against Baronia um, before we had that buy was, yeah, as you say, eight or nine missing, um, which is really tough, especially that particular day. We had another two guys, which were Perry and Williamson that you mentioned, um, off at the start of the second quarter. So that day in particular was quite tough for us. But, um, um, yeah, from a personnel and injury perspective, it, the buy was an absolute blessing. Um from a from a training and momentum, um, not necessarily, um, but uh, you know we've been quite lucky there, and the, the way the buy lined up with our injuries. So um, yeah, we'll take that luck and run with it. And what's on for you for the rest of the afternoon? Do you sit back and watch the footage, or do you leave Sunday as a uh, no football day? Um, that's a good question. I've got the kids at home today, all well, the missus is out, so I'll enjoy spending a bit of time with them, and you know just sort of recharge the batteries. Um, I'll, I'll probably have a little bit of, of AFL on. I'll try not to watch our game. I, I actually watched a little bit of it last night, um, yep. as you do. And, and, and uh, yeah, I sort of get to work more on, on, a, on a Monday morning with an analysis side of things. But, um, yeah, just trying to enjoy, enjoy the day with the family and recharge the batteries. Um, I've been having an argument with a couple of mates recently that coaching is more uh, fatiguing than playing. Um, so I, I, I try and balance the best of both worlds because I'm – I'm uh, just wanting to challenge myself even more. So playing coaching isn't fun, so you got to try and get your recovery in and then also review the game. But, um, yeah, to put the feet up today, enjoy the win and, you know, get ready for Tuesday night. Uh, beautiful. Thanks for joining us this morning, Tom, and giving up some time. Fantastic to see the wave of the Blues flying at the moment. A big a few games to finish off the season, but looking like you're in some good form coming into September. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. And well done, guys. Quick shout-out from me. I think you guys do a great job. Um, promoting the league and fantastic so well done to Ryan and all and uh, enjoy the rest of the Sunday podcast thanks guys beautiful thanks Tom that's the uh, senior coach there the Waverley Blues football club and uh, Waverley Blues have been one of my favourite sides to watch since I've joined um, the media team a couple of years ago and the way their style play their football we saw them last year obviously you know storm through division three and I think we knew Seeing how East Bellwood had transferred into Division 2, I think we knew that the Waverley Blues were going to have some sort of success as well and potentially put themselves in a really strong position where, at the moment, they are the number two side, two yeah. team yeah. in the competition. Yeah, yeah they yeah. are. They're, they're attack proofs. Yeah. You know, they can, they're the number one attack and the defence is starting to tighten up, especially with Ben Turner coming back. It's, um, it's, it's great to see them doing well and... It's still somewhat surprising, given where I put them in my ladder predictors at the start of the season. But it's still, um, they're still doing such a great job, right? And and it's good that he he gives an honest appraisal of where his side's at at the moment, you know. And that's what we that's all we expect from coaches when we talk to them. Absolutely. And just looking on a Heathmont perspective, their last three games, so they play the Basin uh, away at Batterham Reserve, and then they've got Mulgrave at home, and then Templestowe away. That is a massive game in round 18, because that might decide who finishes in the top three and who misses out, depending on, obviously, there's a lot of results that have to go 
elsewhere, but the Mulgrave one is just Even as hard. the Mulgrave one, that's going to be a huge <laughs> challenge for Heismont. Yeah. Well, if they that, yep. lose lose the Mulgrave one, you, you would imagine they'd probably finish fourth. Yeah. Um, looking at that, even if with the Templestowe game to come. But there's a, a lot of uh, big games in Division 2 to, to get to as well. We were obviously there at the, the match of the round yesterday, but... Just a quickly, we'll go through the uh, Basin result. 6-8-44, defeated up Fentry Gully, 4-13-37. So a bit of a low-scoring game there. Close one. At halftime was only a point. Upper Fentry Gully were in front at quarter time. So Upper, Upper Fentry Gully will take a couple of things out of it, considering the margin in the end. Well, looking at the scoreline, looks like a bit of inaccuracy by Upper Gully. They could have won this game if they had kicked a little yeah. bit straighter. Yeah, it, definitely. Yeah, and... I think the Oracle might have had somewhat of a similar scoreline too. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I was expecting it to be somewhat of a defensive scrap, given both sides uh, uh, like to defend, but I, I thought there'd be a bit more scores. But you got to gre- give credit to Upper Gully. They, they put together a really good performance against, obviously, a, a Basin side that, well, has proven they can, they, you know, they can defeat sides beneath them. But it's, yeah, still a really good effort from them. And one goal five after uh, in at uh, half time for uh, Upper Fentry Gully. So if you think about that, that's six goals right there. So yeah. um, that could have been so six goals. Um, bad kicking it, is bad football. That's it. Yeah, that's that's right. it. Um, yeah. One side who would be pretty disappointed that Upper Fentry didn't win because it would have really helped them out is Knox, who pulled off a big upset against East Burwood, eleven twenty two eighty eight to eight twelve sixty. And oh my God, Ras has kicked eleven goals. Is oh, that right? Eleven goals that can't for be, Knox. That can't be right because <laughs> no, Knox no, have only kicked eleven goals, yeah, and no, no, um, no. there's another one, two, yeah, three, four, five <laughs> goal scorers. So something is wrong on on game day at the moment. Either he's kicked all eleven of their goals. Oh, there's something right. wrong with. Can I just add as well, just a bit of info about it's actually Marais for starters, Christian Marais. I do a bit of work, um, as some people might not know. I'm the I work down at the Eastern Rangers, so he is an Eastern Ranger, um, seventeen year old. I think so. So next year will be his draft year. He's a very good player. Um, plays in seventeens as well for Knox as well, but yeah. he's obviously. Uh, been playing some pretty good footy and he's averaging very high disposals in Easton and he's definitely going to be you know, looked at as, as well as one of the uh, prospects uh, coming through. Just looking at that scoreline, very even, one goal, four each at quarter time. I just wonder, and then Knox have come out and kicked, what, uh, five goals to two. I just wonder whether at quarter time there was one of those Steve Buckle special sprays <laughs> that I heard the other week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... Have a look at what he's done with the side. We knew it was going to take a bit of time yeah. with that young list, yeah. and the first yeah. half of the season was very tough. But they're back into the season. They've been able to build some yeah, good, good form, That's and right. this yeah. is probably their best win of the season. They, I know they defeated Ringwood as well, but away from home, out at East Burwood, that is a really a massive win for the club. Against an East Burwood side, that was in really good form too. You know, they'd knocked over Heathmont uh, and... And well, Waverley mm. Blues as well in the the month preceding the game. It's it's a terrific effort yeah. from the Fal- yeah. Falcons. Unfortunately, it looks like they would will be relegated. But gee, if they could have stay in this division, I think they would they would shoot up the ladder next year in this division yeah. if they're good if I they're good so enough too. to stay there. Yeah, so they've got an interesting so couple. What's going on the score as well? <laughs> like I know eleven twenty two, but they've got Marais 
11. And then there's like yeah, a three. So something, something's definitely wrong. <laughs> Something's yeah. wrong. <laughs> just for expert, I know they've got a couple of outs. Again, I think Wills is back out and Logan as well. So a couple of defensive players that they certainly would have liked to have. But in terms of the season, they now drop out of the top five. Uh, because Mulgrave defeated Ringwood yesterday, 12, 10, 82 to 9, 15, 69. Another side inaccurate there. They kicked three goals, six in the last quarter, the Redbacks. So they weren't able to get across the line for the Lions. Booth kicked six goals, Dean kicked three. And for Ringwood, uh, Gibbleland kicked three. McDonald listed as their best player. But it's a it's pretty much a mini elimination final that was. And looking at Ringwood's run home, Ringwood are pretty much out of the race now, I would say. And Mulgrave put themselves in a good spot to play finals. Which a couple of weeks ago we wouldn't have been saying. We were no. thinking because they had played the extra game, they they weren't they probably wouldn't make finals. But here they are. They I think the buy like the Waverly Blues has, has really refreshed them and given them a different ap- approach. And they've done really well and. Well, since that buy as well, Adam Booth has just been turning turning back the clock. The last month, he's kicked twenty four goals in four games. So he's he has he's kicked thirty nine goals this season. So he's he's starting to have a big impact, Blake. So Ringwood's yeah, touch on about that as well. But Ringwood's next couple of games, just having a look at my fixture here. So obviously they've got Baronia next week, and then the week after they've got East Burwood, which I've been you know when I'm. On here, I've been saying that that could be, you know, maybe decided um, where uh, that fifth spot goes. But after Mulgrave's performance yesterday, can we see, you know, Mulgrave potentially making the the, 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 the last spot with fifth spot? Do we feel like they're safe or...? Well, if we yeah. go back to, I think, round 10, we sat here, Ryan, and spoke about who was going to get that last spot. And if I think if I'm correct, I said Mulgrave. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. I, I, think, I think I'll give you that one. I think you did say that. And having a look at the two sides run home, because I think Ringwood are pretty much out. With their run home, after that, they've got the Waverly Blues yeah. as well. So they've yeah. got the hardest run home of the three sides, and that loss pretty much puts them out of it. Um, looking at Mulgrave, they've got up Ferntree Gully, Heathmont, Baronia, so still tough. If they beat Heathmont, win and defeat Upper Gully, Gully. two out of three, that could be enough because for uh, East Burwood, they've got Templestowe away yeah. and then Ringwood and Upper Ferntree Gully. So again, probably win two there, maybe three. Big game next week for um, East Burwood. But Ringwood are known for scalping some teams. You know, of yeah, course they, they, they've been able they, to do that. The only team to knock over Baronia this year. Um, and I think they've knocked over someone else in that four, I'm pretty sure. Is that correct? They knocked off Templestowe. Yeah, Templestowe, yeah. that's the one, yes. So then they're, they're known for uh, knocking off teams. It's just, again, the inconsistencies. Well, that's, yeah. that's probably the thing. Yeah. You could see him pinching one of those, mm. but to win all three, which they probably need to now, that I just don't mm. see that happening. I, that I, think, I think for Mulgrave to get there, they've got to win all three because they're, they're 17% behind Heathmont in percentage, and that, you know, they won't make, that's another game. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. going to be with the killer and for them is their percentage. Yeah. And also, just, just you know, I feel like they're, with the inconsistency of Ringwood, I feel like that round 17 game against East Burwood, depending if Mulgrave, you know, drop a game and, you know, East Ringwood potentially win a game or something in that round 16, that round 17 game is probably where finals could be dictated dictated for that fifth spot, I reckon. Yeah, certainly it'd be interesting to watch East Burwood in their next couple of games. A really crucial part of the season for them. And then the final game in Division 2, Baronia 8-22-70 defeated Temple. So 6-5-41, the Tormore Reserve in what was the Eastland match of the round. And 
Josh, I, 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 having a look at the best, uh, Mellis was listed best on who we did give the uh, Sportsco Eastland Player of the Day. And for Temple, so Doug Wooten, who I thought was fantastic on Ben Robertson and um, Brownie did award him after the game with uh, mm. with the six-pack for his performance uh, down back. And Lake had a similar role um, on... Um, uh, Limbach as well. Yeah. So the two defensive uh, key backs played really, really well for both sides. And looking at the margin, I mean, if you you take away a 29-point loss is, is quite um, flattering for Templestowe in the end. And a lot of key outs, so they were never really ever in the contest. And it was always going to be tough against a full-strength Baronia side. But, um, yeah, 29 points. Um, Percentage-wise, they don't lose as much. Yeah, they, they don't. This is... Um this is it showed they're the, definitely the best side by by a fair margin in Division Two. It was a, a terrific performance, and they could have won by a lot more, particularly in that final quarter where I, it was one goal eleven they kicked in the end in the final quarter. So, um, kicking down to the to the Baronia Road end, mind you, it would have been there wasn't any wind. It was just contagious. I was a bit yeah. contagious. They missed a couple and. And then suddenly every every shot they were um, spraying. But yeah. I think you have a look at that game and, and the fact that they still win by five goals, <coughs> kicking 8-22, shows that they were always in control. Yeah, but if Templestowe do get like some of those midfielders back, like Michener and Fogarty and Giovanini, if they do come back, that will really even it up in midfield because that's just where Baronia won the game. They were just dominant from the word go in midfield, you know, with Josh Hannon. That second quarter, yeah, was yeah. the big issue. Yeah, and they couldn't stop their run and dash from, from the half-back line. Like, you know, with no Matt Jessup in that forward line, I felt like they lacked any real forward line pressure and just, you know, allowed Baronia to move the ball quickly from defence to attack. And, you know, when they get their, those midfielders back, they'll be able to add a bit more pressure and, I think it'd be a lot more even contest than it was yesterday, but you got to give credit to Baronia there. It was a terrific performance and deserved to get the the four points. And well, we need to briefly talk about Mitch Malice's game. I reckon he's eclipsed fifty disposals. He just he did it all yesterday, sweeping from midfield. He he was basically the quarterback, and you know he he just you could see his higher up experience on show. Yeah, it was. It was, it was really impressive. Took a lot of marks as well, mm. and um, I, th- I think I think they moved Melitzis on him in the second half. I I'm not sure so. if he was playing on him early on. I can't I can't actually remember, but he was yeah giving away. I think it was him. He was giving away quite a few free kicks to Melitzis <laughs> as well. So they were quite worried about him, and he's just hit a, a real purple patch, yeah. and he's been able to string some games together where he's he's having thirty plus each week and been really impressive and. He doesn't need to have 30-plus anyway because the side has a lot of good midfielders. Max Brash had another big game yeah. yesterday. Um, the two Hannans are very important to the side. So, I mean, Ray, having a look at it, it's looking at yesterday, it's just very hard to see who is the um, who's going to knock them off for the flag this year. That I mean, they're red-hot favourites now. Yeah, well, you know, they're like uh, South Belgrave. They're, you know, it's their, their, uh, their premiership to wear, to lose. You know, if they've put in a bad performance during the finals, maybe someone can jump them, but uh, oh, you can't see it. No. Well, the the one thing would you worry if you put up an eight-goal 22 in a, a grand final, yeah. because if you do that in a grand final, probably someone will, um, will, jump, will yeah, yeah. jump you. So that's maybe something to work on. It, particularly if it's the Waverley Blues who have... Uh, Templestowe's attack is great, but I feel like the Blues' attack is a lot more potent than theirs. Well, yeah. And that, well, the Waverley Blues will be 
just just making sure they they get Williamson and Perry right for yeah. a final series because that they are so important to their lineup. But having a look at the ladder for Division Two, Baronia sit on top with fourteen wins, so four games clear. They'll finish on top of the ladder. Had the week off. Uh, Waverly Blues now into second, and they're tied on wins with Templestowe and Heathmont. So very important for the uh, double chance there to finish in the top three for Heathmont uh, for Mulgrave. There they're now in fifth place. Uh, looking to hold on to that spot. They're tied on wins with East Burwood. Ringwood a game behind in seventh. They do have a good percentage, but a uh, very tough run mm-hmm. home, as we mentioned. Basin with four wins. Knox with three wins. Upper Fentry Gully with one win. So plenty to look forward to in the uh, next few weeks for Division 2. We'll jump into Division 3 now. A couple of results. We'll start with a big one. Uh, the draw out at Fair Park Reserve. 10-12-72 the lines. The Fentry Gully 11-6-72. A Flannery kicked three goals. Salvador kicked three as well for the Gully Bull listed as their best player for the second week in a row. That's for Fair Park. Dadswell kicked five of their ten goals. And Jason Want listed best on. In terms of the context of the season, Ferntree Gully is still going to finish top two. Yeah. Fair Park are still going to miss out from here. So it doesn't really do a whole lot in terms of the ladder. No. But a bit of a, a um, surprising result and seeing how competitive the lines were, Blake. Yeah, indeed. You know, the... To see Ferntree Gully, the, the way they did um, <coughs> that game against Fair Park, to see the draw and to see Fair Park to challenge it up to, you know, a contender, like a premiership contender in Ferntree Gully, um, it, yeah, it just shows that they want to be up there um, in, you know, maybe, I know they've had a really tough year, you would say, you know, to be, I think they're bottom three on the ladder, so yeah, I think they'll be boosted up with their confidence to grow in the next couple of weeks. Well... They would be a little disappointed too because I think with a minute left or, or over a minute left, they were up by, I think, seven points and then they conceded a behind and another inside 50 and yeah. conceded a goal after the siren. So I think they'd be a little bit disappointed. But, but also kind of, you know, they challenge, you know, a oh yeah. premiership contender as yeah, well. They, so. they challenge, yeah, they challenge one of two premiership thre- threats. It's a, it's a terrific performance from, from Fair Park and... Yeah, they'll, they'll be really happy after what's happened the last couple of times against Ferntree Gully that they they were able to Big sn- turnaround. snatch some yeah. premiership points from them. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and looking at, I mean, their season, they'll probably go back to the two losses to Coldstream where they played mm. really poor as where their season has um, gone wrong. And they're going to miss out. They're too far out of the uh, top four now. I think yeah. the four is locked in. Uh, Sylvan is one of those sides who won yesterday inside the top four, 21-18-144, defeated Whitehorse 9-15-69. Lowe kicked eight goals and was listed best on for the Cats. For the Whitehorse, Hogan kicked four and Young listed best on for the Pioneers. That's a massive win and we sort of thought that might happen. So the Cats have locked up their spot in the top four. It'll be very interesting to see how they go in the final series. They will be playing Oakley District in the first final, the elimination final. Um, Looking at, I think mathematically it may possibly that it wouldn't (laughs) happen, but it's going to happen. Oakley, uh, 14-8-92, defeated Coldstream. 4-6-30, 4-6-30, Bosnich kicked six goals for Oakley District, Ryan Pearson, their best player on the ground as a cold stream, all single goal kickers and Hammond listed best on, so another big win for Oakley District and really a credit to the club in what they've been able to do this yeah. year and they're not only going to make the finals, they're going to make them quite clear having a look at the distance they've got on the uh, bottom four sides now, they are two in a game two and a two half and games ahead, is two that and right? Half games, so yeah, they're, yeah. they're very clear yes. ahead Mathematically, they can lose all three 
they're still going to make it anyway. So, I mean, it's a great achievement for the club to play finals this year. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in, in future seasons. It is a great achievement, just especially given what happened in their first season, you know, going winless, obviously, in, in Division 2, which, as we've seen this year, is really competitive at its best. But, yeah, it, it's a great achievement for the cl- club to be able to be playing finals in only their second season in the EFNL, Blake. And these finals are played where? These are at Jubilee Park. Mm. Oh, Jubilee Park. Well, look, is the big ground going to shut Oakley District out of the contest? Because but, that ground's huge. But equally for Sylvan as well, will it be able yeah. to but shut But I think Sylvan's out? played some football there, whereas Oakley mm. Districts wouldn't have played football at all at Jubilee Park. No, yeah. they wouldn't have. No, that's yeah. right. No. And, and I guess Sylvan's form away from home at some of the bigger grounds have been pretty good this year as yeah. well, yeah. Um, yeah. especially in that early part yeah. of the season. I think we've got to give, you know, maybe just a little bit more credit for Sylvan. You know, I think, well, for, for me, I put them, you know, probably to finish 7th or 8th. I think all of us yeah. did. Yeah. So they, they've had a really good start. You know, of course, their reserve side isn't where, you know, they want to be as well. You know, a deaf deaf comes into sort of things in a lot of uh, teams as well. But to see where they've come from, you know, having... You know, their stars all playing for them and to do well, I think that's really good for uh, Sylvan to, you know, make finals now. And, um, you know, it's great to see that a team, you know, all sides that have won a premiership have actually done well this year. Yeah. Um, you know, East Ringwoods, you know, the um, of South Belgraves, of course, and now Sylvan. Th- so it's pretty good. I think pretty much every side that, that won a premiership Last year, they they look set to be playing finals this yeah, year, and that yeah, have been promoted. Yeah. It's it's good. It's great. Mm. To, it's quite yeah. remarkable. Yeah, it's been a, a fantastic rise for all those clubs who have gone up a division. Uh, the last result in Division Three, Donvale 16, 15, 111, pretty much snuffed any chance of a Warrandyte finals appearance. 4, 14, 38, the blood. So a uh, big win there for Donvale. They'll sit on top, very comfortable with a three-game gap ahead of Furniture Gully and Percentage. So they're going to finish on top. They'll be the minor premiers. Uh, they'll play Furniture Gully in the first week of the finals. Um, in second place, who have won the 11 games and a draw. In third is Sylvan with the eight wins and a draw. We'll play Oakley District with the eight wins. Uh, I'd be... You can come back <laughs> yeah. and... and Screen record this if it's wrong, um, but I'm 100% sure that will be the final series. Fair Park in fifth with the five wins in a draw, same with uh, Warrandyte in sixth. Coldstream in seventh with the four wins, and then Whitehorse on the bottom of the ladder with three wins. They've got a big game against Coldstream coming up, which may decide who stays in the division. Just a quick one as well. I've never seen in the Eastern Footy League, and I've been around the league for a long time and supporting it and watching on um, from afar, but... How is it weird to think that Ferntree Gully and Donvale now could potentially be playing five times in a year? I don't think that's ever been done. Have, Ray, you've been here for no, ten Yeah, ten well, you, you're dead right. Yeah. I don't think it's ever yeah. been done before. Oh, no. playing yeah. five I'm trying times. to think. Sylvan and Surrey might have played five times last Actually, year. Actually, that's a good yeah, they point. Could've. I think yeah, they that did. could be one. That I could think be one. You'd I'm have trying to, to check back on The question I've got for you guys, boys, we, irrespective of what games there are to go in this division, you've got to look at Ferntree Gully's form over the last few weeks, which hasn't been what they would be happy with. If they if they get beaten by Donvale in that, in that final... If I was Sylvan and Oakley Districts, whoever wins that game, I'd be really confident going into a final against Ferntree Gully, unless their form improves in the last three or four games or whatever it is. Well, 
particularly Oakley, because Sylvan have gone close to, to Ferntree Gully, but Oakley yeah. have gone a little more close. Like, out yeah. at Wally 2, they only just lost by 17 points, and it was 15 points out of Princess Highway. So yeah. I definitely think if they can take it up to another level, Oakley District, they can... and. Sylvan as well, yeah. equally. They can definitely take yeah, it up. I to would the definitely be confident going mm. in again, Ferntree Gully. Yeah, that's if Ferntree Gully might knock Don Bale off. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Well, yeah, that would be a. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. This they play each other soon? Yes, play again do. one I more time? Round 18 or round 17, I think okay. it is. And let's face it, though, they still don't have uh, McComb and Lockie Kennedy. Yeah. So Neat. Have to have those and, two back. And Kennedy. Uh, from reports, um, I think he will be back maybe against that Dunvale game, but if not, probably potentially first final maybe. So, um, well, considering they've got that double chance wrapped up, they don't have yeah. to rush them. They no, just got to no. make sure they're fit yeah. and firing for a, a yeah. final series because without them, they won't win it. Yeah, got to have those experienced players there. So, McComb would either be he would have played this week, but of course he didn't play, so he'll be back mm-hmm. next week. So. Um, from reports there from my Food Tree Gully sources. So. Yeah, we go. The, yeah. Uh, we jump into Division 4 now, looking at the results. Forest Hill defeated Nutterwadding 15 16, 106 to the Lions 11 10, 76. No goal kickers or best listed for Forest Hill just yet. For Nutterwadding, uh, Miller was listed as their best player, and Ferreira kicked three goals for the Lions. Better performance on the Lions because yeah. the last couple of weeks have been really disappointing against scores being Surrey, barely being able to score. So to put up a 11-goal game and fall short by five goals, not too bad for um, considering their last couple of uh, weeks of form. So for Forest Hill, they are having a look at the ladder, I think mathematically they stay alive. Uh, with Churnside Park having a bye next week, but pretty much all done because Churnside Park defeated Scoresby yesterday, 15-12, 102 to Scoresby, 10-12-72, and no goal, pl- uh, no goals or best players listed for either side there. But this was the writing on the wall for this one. I think we all actually flipped our tips to Churnside Park in recent yeah. weeks because of just how good their form has been and Scoresby have been... Um, uh, a little bit shaky, had a few outs and haven't looked at um, certainly their best. So that's a um, a big win for Churnside. They've now been the top three sides in recent weeks, Josh, and they are a contender to win this flag. They, I don't, do not count them out. No, definitely don't. They're, they've ticked all three tests now, defeated Surrey Park, Scoresby and Kilsyth. That Kilsyth win in particular away from home is, is still really impressive. And yeah, I think they're, they're a genuine premiership threat and Scoresby, while They'll obviously be a bit disappointed, though. They want it, but yeah, they were still missing a lot of their, uh, still missing a lot of their players, and I'm sure they'll be able to bounce back when they get those players back. But yeah, all in all, that it's, I think this result shows more about Turnside Park than it does Scoresby. A massive second quarter to get the job done, seven, six goals to just the one. They've yeah. certainly turned it around, Turnside, and, and it just shows the importance of having a full list to select yeah. from. Yeah, that's what it's been because you know they were decimated early in the year with mm. injuries and unavailabilities, but uh, they've turned it around now. And uh, as I agree with you, Ryan, I think they're every chance. Yeah, they, one side that w- they will have to beat again if they are to win it is Kilsyth, who got the job done yesterday at Hughes Park, eleven fourteen eighty two, Crawley North Mlock six six forty two. Uh, for the goal kickers here, Lamb and Goodenson and McNay all kick two goals each for Kilsyth. Browning listed as their best player. Uh, for Croydon North, Leachy and Batera kicked two goals. Batera listed as their best player. But uh, again, a good performance from Croydon yeah. North, Emlock, after 
a really disappointing season. Their last two weeks, they've been much more competitive against two really good sides. So something they can certainly build on into 2024. And then for Kilsyth, uh, just a four points as usual. They sit on top of the ladder again with uh, 10 wins and a draw. A game behind them is Surrey Park, in tied with the uh, 13 games played. In third is Scoresby with Chernside Park fourth, both with nine wins each. Forest Hill in fifth with seven. Nutterwadding in six with two wins. And then Crow North Emlock uh, yet to win a game. So that's Division 4 all done. We're going to take a short break and then jump into the final two divisions, Premier and Pre- Division 1. As I say, the former Temple State man <coughs> gets plenty of height on the kick. I think he's off target, though. In fact, he's out of bounds. He's missed everything completely. And that's yeah. a wasted opportunity. Hard kick for a left footer on the left-hand side. They just can't get the angle of the dangle right. <laughs> <laughs> the angle of the dangle. Inventing words today, uh, Brad. Welcome back to the Eastland Weekend Recovery. We'll jump into Premier Division now after a short break. And we'll start with the game out at East Ringwood Reserve. And we looked at this on Friday as probably the biggest game of the round with two really high-quality sides. And it was Roval uh, winning away from home uh, 14-12-96 to East Ringwood, 8-13-61. That game was very tight at quarter time. And then a big second quarter for the Hawks. Six goals to zip. Really set up the win for the Hawks. Uh, Flakemore kicked four goals. Greaves kicked three. So did Martini. And Wood listed as their best player. For East Ringwood, Farmer kicked three goals as usual. Waitman kicked two. Swise Bollock listed as their best player. But Ray Baird, you were there yesterday at East Ringwood Reserve and saw the game uh, unfold. What was your initial thoughts? And a big win for the Hawks. That puts him into the top two. Look, this game was a preview of the finals. And I spoke to one of the umpires at halftime and he agreed. He said, this is finals football out there. The ball just moves so quickly from end to end. Look, East Ringwood settled down first. They kicked the, f- the first couple of goals and all that. But Roval, after they settled, they, they got their game going and it was only two points different at, at quarter time. But no one expected the next quarter. Look, uh, Roval, as you said, kicked six goals, f- uh, five to one point. And, and to be honest with you, East Ringwood didn't look like scoring in that quarter. And uh, look, credit goes to the Roval Ruckman. That the two Ruckman there standing in, I'll uh, just uh, get their names here. The, uh Slightly for, yeah, for Jackson McDonald and Callum Verrill. Callum Verrill played a magnificent yep. game. And also Lockie Wine, he only kicked one goal, but he played a lot of the game in the ruck. They were alternating the rucks against the, the big man there. I think he ex-Coburg player. Ruck was, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he started off the game very well, but the three the three young guys from Roval got on top in the second and third quarter, but he did come back in the last quarter yeah. and play a significant part in the game. But look, it was great football, a huge crowd, and uh, it really really makes it set up, look up for a great final series in in, uh, in the Premier Division. But look, it was the same old Roval. The way they run the ball off, off their half-back line. And I said to some people I was there with, every time they switch and go to the outer side there, there's two or three... They go to the wing. There's a, a Roval player 50 metres off his opposition. He kicks to the half forward. He's 50 metres off his opposition. What are the opposition playing doing when these Roval guys go to the boundary line? Yeah, they run to the boundary line. They know the ball's going to come out there, but there's no one within 50 metres. And that's the way. They, they would have kicked, I reckon, four or five goals from out of defence playing that outer side and kicking down uh, coast to coast. And that's one thing we talked about yesterday on pre-game, just Roval's ability to run over the top of East Ringwood, and that's why I, why I felt they'd be able to knock over the Roos, and it's 
yeah, I think that'll come in very handy come yeah. come finals time, especially out at Basewater. A big credit goes to Curtis Flakemore as well. Mm. Look, he played he played uh, mainly at centre half forward. He chipped in with a couple of goals there and that, but they also he played. I think in the third quarter they put him on the half back line and he marked everything that come down there. And and he was a great great uh, player for them. But uh, Cooper. Uh, McDonald. Cooper McDonald, he, he injury, he's done a, a broke his collarbone, so he's going to be out. Hopefully, they'll get him back for the finals. But he and he was he was probably close to best on ground. Also, when he in a marking contest, he's come down on his shoulder. And and look, I'm a, a credit must go out. A uh, full praise to uh, Justin, uh, uh, the the umpire. I just forget his second name now. He he he, uh, he just after half time he collided with a, an East Ringwood player accidentally and fractured his arm just above the elbow, uh, just above the wrist. He played on in that quarter, but he was restricted. You know, he restricted his running. Great effort, gutsy effort. The trainers uh, taped him up at three quarter time, but he was in a lot of pain after the game, and they took him straight to hospital. So, so Jace, look, uh, you know, hope get well, mate. It was a great gutsy yeah. effort by an umpire. That is, yeah, it has yeah, certainly to tough it out like that. That's that's uh, very brave. Yeah. yeah, good analysis, Ray, um, of the game, and you know. I feel like Flakemore as well. Another East, that's an ex Eastern Rangers player, so a lot of yeah. uh, talent there as well. And yeah, I think at the start of my in focus article with Ben Wise, he did say that um, Flakemore was going to be his best uh, best uh, player of the preseason. So it's good to see these. Uh, Credit goes out also to Matthew Martini, who they got from East Burwell. Oh, he's been yeah, he, really he, he's been he, great. That, that's the best game he's played for Roval all year. He, he also gave him another option up for it. And Matty Davey, although Matty Davey didn't hit the scoreboard, uh, mate, his hardness at the con, at the contest. There was one collision there, head-on bumps, and uh, Matty just kept running. His poor opposition player was down. But look, he, he, he's getting a bit old now, Matty. He's in his 30s. But uh, no, it's just his hardness at the football was, was another reason. Look, Roval, though, they're playing some great football, and uh, look, uh, they're going to be a threat. I'm glad you mentioned Martini, because I think at the start of the season, we knew how good he was at oh, East yeah. last year, and obviously was in the team of the year, and we were just... It's a, it's a big jump from Division Two to Premier, so we weren't, yeah. weren't sure how he was going to jump into a, a really high quality side in Roval and how he would play. And he's been fantastic this season. He's the, been um, a, a big uh, part of why the the Hawks are doing so well. That's getting pretty scary though to see you know a player like him starting to get his presence up in Premier Division. You know, it's also scary for Roval as well. The last couple of weeks has been. You would say pretty yeah. good at the moment, Ray. So well, he kicked um, him with three goals. You know, he, so he's done the job for them as well. Yeah. He's kicked goals and in the last six yeah. weeks, Martini. Yeah, yeah, he's no, been that's a right. yeah. massive threat and up forward. Again, um, you'll get into the ladder, of course, after this, uh, Ryan. But East Spring would now go from first position to fourth. So. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> funny how quickly <laughs> it, it moves it's, around. It's, it's, uh, it's so important. All yeah. these eight points. And games. not only that, they play Vermont next week. Oh, doesn't get well, easier. Let's, so let's chat about Vermont because they were scary yesterday. Third. 33 goals, 14, 212 to Doncaster, 5-5-35. So they got ruthless. Nielsen kicked eight goals. Kelkowski kicked six. Roster kicked five. And then Smith, Fitzpatrick, Barker all kicked three goals each. Kelkowski was listed as their best on for Doncaster. Jamar uh, J- kicked four of their five goals. And that's just a, a side putting <laughs> another side to the sword. And... Um, I don't know if that's uh, the Roval game was similar sort of margin. I think this is even bigger, yeah. and uh, that's a, a a big percentage boost for Vermont. Uh, the biggest thing they take out of that is that they jump to 
uh, over 150% on the ladder, and that is now 12% clear of Roval in second, and then about 30% clear of everyone else. So they've put themselves in a great spot. I think having a look at it now, and I've got to do back the the run home um, or the or the mass with it, but I think they'd be very hard to miss the top two from here, Vermont. Yeah, and they've extended the coach for another two years yes, as well. Vermont, it's a great so achievement. Great, yeah. Yesterday. I think the term I'll use, and not to be harsh on Doncaster, it was an evisceration at yeah. Vermont Recreation Reserve. It's, I, I think they're in the box seat. They've got East Ringwood Park, Orchard, Snowball Park, and Doncaster East on that run home. Yeah. It's, you know, they should yeah. win two of those ga- two of those games, or at least one of those games. And, and on form, they could win all four with they the could, way yeah. they're going. And, and, Ray, we were sort of chatting yesterday off-air with, with Brash about... The coach of the year, if we uh, and if we had one at the moment, would would Adam Parker be it? Because it's not the same Vermont side that won all those flags. It's a much younger team. It's not a yeah. uh, there's not as much star power, and they've won ten out of the last eleven. Well, to be honest with you, I hadn't thought about that until you just said it. And Adam Parker comes straight to my mind. He, look, he's turned that club around. You, you, I know they got a hiding there in round one or two, a real big hiding. But since then, they're gradually improved, and and they've knocked off the sides who are going to play yeah. finals. Yeah, without a doubt. And to see, um, you know, this, like what happened last year with them, with all their injuries, I think they had about 20 injuries to their yeah. injury toll last year. And, um, you know, the, the, my ladder predictor, if you look at that at the start of the year, I reckon okay. I had them seven for eight. So, um, and to see them grow to where they are now, I think Adam Parker has to be in heavy conversation as, um, you know, coach of the year for them because they've, they've played some very good football. I think we've started to get a noticed them a bit more oh, yeah. probably since that rival game that we went to a couple of weeks ago I think that's when we started to say hey these Eagles uh, are, are starting to get landed because um, the Eagle is landing at the moment so yeah yeah powerhouse of the league back to their absolute best moving on to Mullen Mullen Reserve uh, Norwood 8 10 58 uh, lost to Bowen 14 10 94 as we mentioned on Friday, Marty Pass still coaching out the rest of the season, but he is finishing at the end of the year. For the uh, goal kickers there, Tilly kicked four for the Tigers and was listed best on. So Norwood Feltham kicked three goals. Maloney best on. Had a good run of form in the last month, but um, pretty well expected there that the Tigers would get the job done. Norwood were competitive again, but couldn't uh, find a way in that last quarter with the Tigers running over the top. Super Bruce Ruffy didn't go well for me. They, they got close, and I, I thought just given, they again, they've proven in the past they can knock over the top sides, they, they'd be able to do it, especially given Marty Pass' announcement. But, yeah, just born too good. They're, that's well, a good way to bounce back. If you want to talk about Super Boost Ruffies of the Week, on Friday I tipped uh, Beric <laughs> as my Super Boost, and they got up at Pat Wright Senior Oval, 9-8, to 6-12, Noble Park. Uh, a big win for the Wickers. Muley and Money kicked two goals each. Brennan listed as their best player. As to Noble Park, Stern was the only multiple goal scorer with two. Powell listed as their best on the ground. But a big performance, and again, inaccurate in that first quarter. Noble 2-5 to two straight, and left uh, Berwick in it. And a big second half, they get over the line, and this well, is a Noble big Well, Noble only kicked five points after half time. That's yeah. huge for Berwick. 
Yeah, that's huge. That's yeah, but that, yeah, that's it. Did not kick a, a goal in the second half. That's so massive. A really strong defensive performance, and we knew they were playing some good football. But to go over and knock the reigning premiers off at their home deck, that's a um, a bit of a statement Look, for them. Since Noble Park's been in the competition, and when they come in the first year or two, they they struggled a little bit. But I would say that this season they have lost more games at Pat Wright Senior Oval in a yeah. season than any other season they've been in the competition. Yeah, and we, I mean having a look just at the back. Uh, <laughs> Back in round four, five, lost to Doncaster East, Norwood, yeah. lost to Vermont, uh, got across the line against South Croydon, lost to Berwick yesterday. So, yeah, that's probably yeah. probably well, almost all their losses have come from, from Pat Wright's team, yeah. Yeah. which is, is a surprise. We didn't see that last year either. So no. We, we saw no. a lot of home wins by Naval Park down there, but that's a that's a huge win. And, um, you know, I don't... I think that's put a bit of pressure for the lower-ranked sides as well, who I think Berwick, I think now on ladder positioning, I think they've gone up, have they? Or they yeah, they they yeah. Uh, move past Norwood. They're six wins in eighth yeah. spot. They're, yeah. they're too far out to play finals mm. from yeah. here, you would yeah. imagine. But Mathematically still alive, it, but... It's good growth, though, for oh, them. Oh, absolutely. Though, like, I think, I don't know what you guys have for them in, their, in your ladder predictions, but I had them bottom two, and now they're, they've just gone ahead of Norwood. Um, as you talked about, so that's that's good for them for where their expectations were at the start of the year. That's but massive. You would find in Berwick's situation at the end of the season, if they go out and recruit, and if they can say to players, you know, we've finished seventh or eighth, it's a hell of a difference in trying to recruit yeah. players and say, you know, we're we're down twelfth, uh, tenth, or eleventh on the ladder. Oh, it makes yeah. a, yeah. a, a massive huge. difference. And then. The only positive for Noble Park yesterday afternoon was that Blackburn loss, who are in seventh spot at the moment. They're still a game behind. 8 11 59. The Burn is losing to Park Orchards at 13 8 86. They pretty much trailed for the majority of the afternoon, and that's a big win for the Sharks, who move out of 11th, put, in, put themselves into 10th out of relegation uh, trouble at the moment. And then a big win for, for them. And, and obviously, Blackburn, that's a that's, that's four points at goes begging, Ray, because if they had a one, they would have been in real striking distance of the top six, and it it's puts them a couple steps backwards again. All I'll say is I'm not surprised, because as I've said many a time, they do it every year, Blackburn. They drop games on the run home. Every year they do it. This is a genuine surprise, though. I thought at home they're, they're a much better side, as is every side, but especially Blackburn. You've got to give credit to Park Orchards. They're, they're really building something. Well, well, their last three games at home have now been losses and pretty comfortable losses too. Yeah. Roville, yep. um, they had another one, uh, I think, against Baldwin as well. So yeah. they're not certainly not playing well on. on Who have they got in the in the games to come? That, well, they've got some winnable games in the next couple of weeks. They've got Doncaster to, uh, next weekend, which you would expect them to win. They've got South Croydon, which is uh, again winnable, and then Roval and East Ringwood in the last two. So I don't yeah. see them beating the lo- uh, uh, either Roval. Even even that South Croydon, that's a fifty-fifty game at the moment. Well, yeah. they're one that's certainly going to have to pinch maybe one or two yeah. upsets because uh, right now sitting eleventh, ten, eleven, seventy-one, lost to Doncaster East, seventeen, eight, one hundred and ten yesterday afternoon. Wilson kicked three goals for the uh, Dogs. Kilpatrick listed as their best player again as the Doncaster East. Haswell kicked five, Phelan kicked three, and Jones Hughes was their best player on the ground. So a uh, good win for Doncaster East. They just had to get the four points. And South Korea now, Blake, there's a lot of pressure on them sitting 11th. It's it's hard to believe at the start of the season that with four rounds to go, uh, four, uh, rounds to go that they'd be in trouble to be relegated. 
No, I, I, I certainly did not predict South Croydon to be where they are at the start of the year. And it just shows as well where, you know, the death as well comes in. You know, I touch on with, with, with Sylvan as well, that death isn't great. And, but South Croydon isn't either. Their reserve side, I think, have only won the one game. And losing, you know, Max King, who's, you know, the, probably the best player last year, Chandler Medalist, uh, of course. And um, to lose... You know, a lot of other key players for them. Um, it's it's going pretty bad year for South Croydon, you know, to be where they are on the ladder and where I put them at the st- for the start of the year. Um, it's not looking good for them because they've got a really tough run Just, coming through. Well, they got Roval next week, so yeah. cheer on. Who, who do Park Orchards play next week? So Park Orchards, Josh, I've just exited. My, no, uh, Noble Park. Uh, Noble, Noble Park. Park. Well, see, if Noble Park, Park Orchards could get over Noble Park, that puts them another game clear of South yeah, Croydon if South Croydon lose to Roval. Well, it's know? pretty much in the hands of Park Orchards. Yeah. Here. So pinch, pinch one more in the next couple of weeks, it'll make it very tough. I know South Croydon do play Doncaster. <laughs> Um, in a couple of weeks, is that right, Josh? I think I think they do, and that would be a Cheong Park because they met earlier yeah. in the season out at out at Trams Reserve. They they play Roval, Blackburn, Doncaster, and Norwood on the run home. So I think the final three they consider themselves a chance, just given the form of of all respective sides. But you know they they're pretty much at full strength. Obviously, still no Max King, and he's yeah. gone for well, the rest of the season. Yeah, it's so. a difference though. Yeah, he's like pretty much he's. He, he, he makes a, a difference, but, but not... But he's only one player. Yeah, he's he not can only yeah. make so much difference. You know? yeah. You've got still Dan King running around. He's still up there in the top three midfielders in Premier Division. Yeah. And they've got other players as well. Yeah. I think um, the, is Tommy Horfit as well. He, I think I, he's in and out of the side. They've had... Yeah. A, I mean, but there's no doubt they've had a lot of injuries, but... And we, and we have mentioned that's part of the reason, but we can't excuse that every single time. No. For the, the, I mean, they're, the, they're a side that played in a preliminary final last year. Yeah. Even if they've had a lot of injuries, you There's can't, still some very good no players. No one expected there. them to be in 11 spot at the moment yeah. after playing in a preliminary final, even with injuries. Just another one as well. You know, we haven't seen Tom Sheridan as well, and he's another one that's also yeah, a key player. He's been back recent weeks. So, but yeah, that's again, like he just yeah. shows that these players that are coming in, and you know, having, I'm just saying, Max King, you know, I know it's one player. But the thing is, they recruited to get Tom Horford, you know, probably to help Max out more than anything because Max can go ruck and then he can go forward yeah. to, to kick goals. So I feel like he's 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 the um he's the one that's really killing South Croydon. Well, Horford didn't play yesterday, and I think that might be a difference too. That there's no real ruckman in the. Well, that's where side. they got found out last week or, or a couple of weeks ago in that NADOC game that mm-hmm. we were out at. Uh, Cheon Park in uh, Michael Wen really tore that area of the ground up and it was really key for them. But looking at the ladder, Vermont on top with 11 wins, then Roval, Ball and East Ringwoodall with 10 wins. Doncaster Eats and Noble Park round out the top six. A game behind Noble is Blackburn in seventh. Uh, Berwick two games behind Noble in eighth. A uh, bit of a rise from them. Uh, Norwood in ninth with the five wins. Park Orchards with ten, uh, with uh, four wins in tenth, and then South Croydon and Doncaster in eleventh and twelfth. Can I just ask you all a question? Um, do we all feel like the top six that's in there now? Do you think those six sides will be in finals? Five yes. of them will definitely be. Yeah. I still think, think six position is open between okay. uh, Noble Park and Blackburn. Okay. I don't think so. I think it's. I'm, you just can't trust Blackburn. Yesterday yeah. proved that, and so, I don't think. So I, you reckon that the six is those I six think, sides? I think it's. There? I think it'll probably be those six sides. Yeah. Obviously, you can't trust Noble either, but 
he, he, I have a little bit more trust in them than I do in Blackburn. So, yeah, I, I'd be backing them in. But in terms of who finishes where in that top six, we have no answers still. Yeah, I, th- I don't think uh, Blackburn will make it. I think they just had to win that yeah. game yesterday. They've got a poor percentage Orchards. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, it's two games out. I, there. I just think that. Those, that will be my top six, I reckon. But, of course, with ladder positioning... Positions and, and will, will certainly yeah, change at least they will, a few more times. That will be my that will be my six, so... Well, let's jump into Division 1 now, the final division to get to. Some interesting results here. We'll, we'll touch on the first one. Uh, Murubark versus Lillardale at Heights Reserve, 15-12-102 to Lillardale, eight behinds. That's the second time this season where they have not kicked a goal, which is quite disappointing for them. Uh, Hickleton was listed as their best player. Murlbach, Gilby kicked five goals. Giorgio kicked three. Uh, Gilby listed as their best player. Um, I, I can't work out which one it is because it just says Jay Gilby. So I think it's Jackson. Jackson. There yeah. you go, Jackson Gilby. So Jared, Jared's the Bulldogs VFL. He's come back. Bulldogs. Yeah. And good to see Murlbach extended the coach as well yes. for another two yeah. years. Yes, well. uh, fantastic. Yes. And he, he's one of the nicest, one of the nicest guys yeah. in oh. football. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, I like, cannot speak highly enough about him. Just a quick one as well. I've got two for this one about Murubak, this one. So I feel like they're safe now. I'm, I'm going the early yep. crow here. but I, I think, think so. I think they're safe after mm-hmm. being Lillardale. And, you know, as you touched on, Ray, you know, he has signed on. And I think it's a great, great uh, signing to get him in early yep. because it's been a really tough year for Murubak. You know, I had... You know, a very good conversation with Brett, uh, King's birthday. Uh, he just he said he's really struggling um, with plays on the park. You know, the reserve side hasn't won a game. Their 19s have won one game. And their senior side is, you know, around that eighth, seventh mark on the ladder. And to see what Murlbach's done to sign him now, and they've got a lot to do with the recruitment uh, point of view and if they can just land I feel like if Murlbach can land a key forward I feel like that's where yeah. that's what's landing them down at the moment there they needed that key mm. forward of course they had the luxury last year of having Jai Jordan and Aaron Mullet playing in their side last year so if they get a key forward they will be yeah, in the mix um, for next year as well and I'm really proud of Murlbach for signing on Brett because Brett's a great guy <laughs> Um, he knows his football and he's got a really IQ with it as well and he's also a good person to chat with of course we've had him yeah. on the podcast and I'm really happy so for Brett and Murlbach I uh, just want to say you know well done um, but of course you got you got to have a big off season um, to get to where you were last year absolutely Blakey uh, just on that point you made there nobody running around in Montrose twos you can sort of push across to Murlbach next year as a tall <laughs> forward oh, don't <laughs> Painting Murlbach and Montrose don't really uh, <laughs> like each other that much. So. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, nice point there, Ray, though. Good yes. point. Uh, we'll move on to a couple of other results. Uh, another surprise out of Croydon Oval, the Blues, 12-7-79. Keep their chances of staying in Division 1 alive, defeating Bayswater 7-9-51. You, you give a team a wrap and they let yep. you down. I was very, very positive about Bayswater. Coming into this game, I thought, this was going to be a um, a big win for Bayswater, and they gave up a, a big start, fifty-one to seven at half time, uh, in favour of the Blues. Uh, Constantino kicked three goals for them. Thompson and Britton kicked two each. Mackenzie, their best player, Kruger kicked two goals and was listed best on for Bayswater. But that's a massive win um, in terms of the context of the season because for for two things, it keeps Croydon uh, in touch with the uh, top eights of the. the uh, 
two or three sides above them yep. in terms of relegation. And then for Bayswater, it's massive because that puts them a game and a half behind North Ringwood. And look, it's going to be tough for them to, to make it now. I, th- I thought looking at it coming into the, um, the round, I thought they would finish in fifth. Uh, I don't think so anymore. Well, now they need to really need to win against North Ringwood next weekend out in their home well, track. Well, lose that, that's it. Yeah, that's it. it. And they also need to win against one Turner South. If they lose that, it, it's it's season over for them. Well, it's, they lose uh, lose next week, that's it, because North yeah. Ringwood would then move two and a half games clear. So that's, you, you can't even, I don't think yeah. mathematically it will be so, even a chance. It's going to be hard for Croydon to miss uh, relegation. Even if they finish on points equal with the, what, three sides above them, their mm-hmm. percentage is so poor. That, that's it what's going to probably keep them down. Get them relegated is their percentage. Well, they're not going to make up the percentage in no. time, so no. they still need two more wins, and yeah. it's and just tough. I don't know who they've got. They've got Mitchum Mi- next week. So. Mitchum Montrose, <laughs> not South who you want to play. <laughs> Mitchum Montrose, South Belgrave to end the season. Well, yeah, it's near well, impossible, okay. unfortunately, for <laughs> Croydon fans. But good to see uh, for their sake that they are putting in some good performances yeah. in the back half of the season. Knocked off one turner south a couple of weeks ago who uh, had another loss yesterday, 9-11-65 to Beaconsfield, 12-14-86. And they jumped out the gates pretty quickly, 4-5 to 1-3 at quarter time. Beaconsfield pegged that margin back in the second quarter, led by four points. It was pretty close to the rest of the game, but in the final quarter they kicked three goals to one. Beaconsfield to run out winners there. Mitchington kicked three goals for the Eagles, co-listed as their best on ground. For one turn of south, the Jordan and uh, Kyrgios had two goals each, and Grimer listed as their best player. But what's that now? Is that six, six in a six row losses. that the Devils and have lost in eighth spot? Oh, that you, I wouldn't picture that. Um, no. You know, I wouldn't say that. But if um, if we can, I know we've just touched off of Croydon, but you know they're good at scalping uh, Croydon. You know they they scalp Montrose um, at Montrose, so it, it's going to be very tough to see where Cro- um, Wanny South um, you know finish as well. Well, they've got Lillardale next week, so they'll win that one. Yeah, I, but I, their record shows against Lillardale. Yeah, I know, but Lillardale's struggling. We know that. If, if they lose to Lillardale, they are in real strife because yeah. uh, and, and another poor last quarter performance by them as well which is the worrying sign for mm-hmm. one turner south yeah. So, yeah so they've lost six now of their last seven yeah so that's that's concerning um for me as well and yeah six in a row yeah I, I like i think if we did our ladder predictors i think we all everyone had, had them top one five. is yeah. our f- top four and you know that game heavily we've been speaking about pretty much the whole year i think on this on this podcast well, did spider have them premiership favorites as well oh, i'm not i'm not too, not too sure um i think, I think someone did i think yeah. someone had them higher up than normal but memory but having a look at their last three they've got lillardale next week so uh, they'll win that. I, I'd be very shocked if they lose that one. Then they've got Bayswater and North Ringwood in the, the final two rounds. So they are playing two sides that they would have to beat to play finals. Mm. But looking at the way they're going at the moment, you couldn't back them in to win both those games. They might yeah. win one. I, I don't see them winning two. And yeah. they've got to win all three and, to make it from here. And, you know, we touched on it heavily, but just to back on, backtrack a little bit, um, with, of course, I think we touched on it heavily when they... Had, we had the match of the round down at Walker Reserve, and um, you know they they played the footy that we know where Wanny South are. You know they that, that second quarter really shocked Montrose, um, and they just they just continued on and continued on. But after that, uh, I can't remember what they, that game was when they they should have won, but they they lost. And now to see them 
six out of seven. That's pretty poor. I'm sorry. I'm from a from a side that I predicted very highly, and then the thing is they've recruited well as well. That's 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 the thing. They've, yeah. You know they've got Taylor Legate. I think that's his name. Legate, Legate, yeah. but yeah. he's out at the moment. Yeah, yeah. but that's a, that's a player when he's been playing, he should be up there and all that, which I think he has been. And um, but yeah, that's the thing. They've like a, they've, they've just recruited well, and they, I just feel like they've let Brett Moyle down. Um, one is oh, south yeah. heavily. Well, it, yeah, and and I know they've they they do have a few outs with travellers and that, but so does most sides in the yeah. league. So uh, to lose six in a row, it's been you know it's hard to know. It's hard to sit here and, and guess what's going on without having um, seen them in the last few weeks uh, live. So in a bit of strife there, one Turner South, uh, the probably the match of the round in Division One yesterday was the one v two clash. South Belgrave versus Mitcham, 12-10-82. The Saints came back from a 15-point deficit at three-quarter time to defeat the Tigers, 11-7-73. And there's not many times that they're trailing at three-quarter time, the Saints. Uh, I don't know if that's happened this season. And Tim Smith kicked six goals. I believe he's been playing midfield time as well. So I don't know if he played um, up forward yesterday or not, but it wouldn't surprise me if he kicked six from the the midfield or the way he's going. That's the Tigers. Wright was their only multiple goal scorer with two, but they had a lot of single goal kickers. Tom Lovell's had a great season. Again, listed as their best player, but... I mean, it'd be frustrating for the Tigers to see how close they were um, coming into that uh, final quarter and to allow the five goals for South Belgrave to run away with it and just proves again that um, anyone can challenge them, but they just haven't answered for everything, don't they? They do. And, and, you know, just to touch on as well before I get into the game, so Tin Smith, I don't know what the rotations they do at South Belgrave, but it's 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 crazy to think. So I think what they do is they put the three, so Tim Smith will play forward, and if he's starting to play well, they'll obviously keep him there, and then they rotate him. So this is from what I've been told. So he, he starts forward, and if he's feeling like he's you know going well with his, with his kicking boots, of course, and they feel like you know he's done enough there, that's when they rotate him. It's, it's crazy to think that they've got so much... Um, rise and where they are to rotate a player like Tim Smith into the midfield, which I think well, is crazy. Well, it shows that Luke Gulliott has a, a somewhat similar philosophy to, to Matt Clark. He, he wants to switch the magnets around and he's clearly been doing that with, with Tim Smith in particular in, in re- recent weeks and and many others too. So it's, it's handy to have that versatility, especially come finals. And yeah, all the good sides always find a way, way to win, and that's what South Belgrave did. Ray, can anyone beat them this year? The, the Tigers, that's been the... <laughs> no, I don't think they can. I, 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 it's their premiership mm. to lose. I, don't, I can't see anybody beating them. There's a name there that I saw, Tyrese Lure, L-E-I-U, played for them yesterday. I believe he played with Roval a couple of games later. He's on yes. Carlton's yes. list. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yep. So he's a, he's a big boy and a good player. He That's a big inclusion if he's just come into that side. Well, he comes out in and out, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I know Carlton told him, uh, I think it was last season, go back and play, but play in a higher division if you want to get drafted. That's why he come to Roval for the yeah. season. But obviously, I don't know whether he's been cut from Carlton, but he, his name's turned up. And he wasn't what a uh, South Belgrave junior, anyway. And he was also uh, Eastern Rangers listed last yeah. year as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's got high He's a big potential. boy. He can play. He is. Yeah. He's a good player. So that's yeah. another string to their bow they got I, there. I Will they have him available come September? Most Josh? likely. I think he's played seven of the last eight games, and I... 
think he's only played three or four VFL games this well, year with it. Carlton. And, and so yeah, there's yeah, more I, emphasis on how many VFL games they've played than what they've mm. played in the in yeah. Eastern. So South Belgrave, they've got Merle Bark next week, which they should win. And they then, should win awesome. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then they've got Lilydale again. They should win that one. And then after that, they've got Croydon. So they've got the three yeah. bottom sides yeah, to well, finish off with. I mean, even if they lost all three, they still finish at least a yeah. game clear. They're four games on top, it's so it's a dominant year. I think. I think I've been. I think I was more shocked to see them where they are. Like I was predicting them to do well, of course. You know, coming from Division Two, but I did not expect them to go undefeated. The no, way. I don't think anyone yeah. did. No. Everyone like. Yeah, you could see him finishing top three and, and yeah. having a real chance at winning the flag, but not to, to go through almost I had undefeated. Them, I had them six of my uh, season predictor, so <laughs> I've, I've completely gone down the drain with um, where I predicted South Belgrave. And the final game in Division 1, North Ringwood versus Montrose. A draw, <laughs> the second draw of the weekend, 7-14-56. The Saints to the Demons, 8-8-56. Having a look at the goal kickers, Garthwaite kick three for the Ds. Regarded their best play on the ground as the North Ringwood Milne. Uh, actually, all single goal kickers listed here for the Saints. And uh, Jack Whelan, who's had a fantastic couple of weeks, listed best on. But that's a big result. And I know it's not four points to the Saints, but two points is just as good because that oh, might yeah. edge them clear of, of a couple of the sides below them. And that might be enough just about to get them in. They've still got to keep winning and still got to play some good footy in the last three weeks. But North Ringwood, it's their spot to lose now. It and is. that's... Bit of a surprise to say, looking at where they were um, after you know round four or five. Well, they're sitting one and a half games clear of Moorbark, Basewater, and and Montana South in in a, in who are both all, all three occupying six to eight. And you know, at the start of the season, it, it wouldn't have thought so, but they've really started to hit some form. And you know, when I spoke with Robin Nahas during the middle of the year, one thing. He emphasized, he emphasized was that he wanted to improve their attack in the last couple of weeks. And, well, they've somewhat done that. Obviously not this past weekend, but their defense continues to, to hold up. And, yeah, I think they're, they're definitely... Uh, it's definitely their spot to lose, Ray. Look, I know they started off very badly. They had that big loss, I think it was in round one. But at the start of the year, I, I, th- I thought they'd be middle of the road, maybe maybe just mm. playing finals, maybe not. So, you know, they haven't surprised me. And I always thought as the year went on, they would get better. Yeah, and I, I just thought there's no way... And I and I think that comes down to probably one turn of south as well. I thought they would be a lock for top yeah. four, and then I thought Beacon said we'd do enough. So um, t- for me, it's a surprise to see him there. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say they've um, shocked me this year and just how well they played in the second half of the season, Blake. Yeah, I think I think yeah I think Josh touched on it really well. I think they've locked our record for that fifth spot, yeah. uh, unless they lose to Bayswater, of course, but. Uh, judging on Bayswater's form, I don't uh, like. I know they've been, you know, they were in the four two weeks ago, but I feel like uh, North Ring would just get a bit too much and more classy, classier than uh, Bayswater. But it's at Bayswater Oval, and we all know how well the Waters play out there. But I think just given both sides' form, yeah. you, you can't not back against. Well, Bayswater, Beaconsfield, one turn south. That's their last three. One win might be enough. Two would definitely be enough. Yep. Um, so you could lose to Beaconsfield and still win the other two and make it. It's the Beaconsfield game over there? Or yeah, Park? home yeah. park reserve. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's a, that's a tough one. But they yeah. probably don't have to win that to still make it. Um, and then for 
I mean, looking at it, I mean, seven fourteen, and you sounded like they were saying that Montrose missed a fair few shots, they but did. it looked like uh, North Ring would had um, yeah. obviously a lot more opportunities. Well, in the last fifteen minutes, I think Montrose had three shots um, to to potentially uh, get the game away, but all misses, and they were. Pretty easy misses. You what, out of bounds on the floor or something? Because they only kicked one behind in the last quarter. Yeah, must have been. You know, of course, I wasn't there, of course. But from my sources down there, uh, they did say that there was three missed opportunities that would uh, rule them out. And again, we touched on heavily with Montrose the last couple games, the inconsistency of uh, scoring is just letting them down. But this one was better, 8 8 56, though. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that's what's going to kill Montrose, I reckon. Another side, Mate, I gave them a wrap and they let me down. I'm going to upset you now. Okay, you talk about misses in the last quarter. Yep. But a side who you think are, are in contention for a flag, but I don't, they're, to me, the third best side in the competition. But a side playing, a third best side, in third on the ladder, playing as a middle-of-the-road side, which East Ring, uh, North Ringwood are, should have had that game sewn up at half-time. They, they should have, but you've got to think about it. They've, Montrose have beaten Mitchum twice in the season. And I know that's in the past, yes, yes. <coughs> but um, I, I agree with you there. They, they should have 100% um, got their, their kicking boots on, which has been the worry. So I, yeah. I agree with yeah. you with yeah. that one, yes. Yeah. Yeah. For me, and I agree, because Montrose have the wood over Mitchum, but I think Mitchum are actually still a better side. But yeah. Mitchum don't lose those games. No, um, no. They may only win by three or four goals or a close margin, but they they pull through in those ones. Coming coming on the run home with three or four games or whatever it is to go, you've got to keep winning, winning, winning to be winning going into a final series. So the, so Montrose's next couple of games, they've got Beaconsfield next week at Montrose. Then they've got Croydon away and then Murrubuck at home. So... Where do you see that? Well, I, well, I I would pick uh, Beaconfield at fifty-fifty game against Beaconfield. Yep. Yeah. Maybe you win the, the last two. Yeah. But then that's still not going to get you out of the third spot. You're yeah. still going. Yeah. yeah. Well, either no, way, they. What's oh, that, look, that's only my opinion. Yeah, I'm no. not having a go yeah, at you, no, but that's the way I see every, it. Everyone's got their own opinions. I <laughs> yeah. like it. It's good. Um, but I want to see Mitchum's... Crude in Murlbark Bayswater. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, either way, they yeah, play yeah. each other in the first week of the finals. That, so yeah. for Montrose, with, with the way they played against Mitchum in the last couple of years, they'll like that matchup, and they could play him four times this season because they may meet twice in the final series. I just think... I actually think Montrose might beat them and make the grand final, but I think if Mitchum get there, they might be a better chance to, to knock off South yeah. Belgrade. Yeah. So it's funny how it sort of all, all plays yeah. out. Yeah. It's very, yeah. Yeah. very interesting. Yeah. But um, either way, both sides have a lot to do because South Belgrade <laughs> yeah. are going to be hard to, <laughs> to beat. We're yeah. splitting hairs here, but both, having a look at... Both sides will want to build momentum in those final three yeah. weeks. They'll want... Exactly. Uh, they'll want yeah. all 12 points from yeah. those final three weeks. But yeah, they it's... It's going to be a massive ask if either side can knock over the all-conquering South Belgrave. Yeah, well, let's have a look at the latter South Belgrave on top. Four games clear with 15 wins, so they will finish on top and have the week off. Mitchum and Montrose in second and third. Very likely that they will play in that first week of the finals. Beacon sealed in fourth, uh, North Ringwood in fifth. They are a game and a half ahead of Murlbach, Bayswater and one turner south, so it is their spot to lose from here. And then Croydon and Lealdale in ninth and tenth. So that is the Division 1 ladder. So yeah. that's it. That's all our, our five divisions done for the, yeah. the day. And um, and only 
three weeks ago in four yeah. of the divisions and four weeks for um, Premier Division. It's it's been very, very quick. I think the only competition that's actually set in stone at the moment is probably Division 1, maybe Division 2, Division 3 set, and I feel like Division 4. The only one that's going to be changing, I reckon, is uh, Premier. I think those the latter positions there is where I reckon is just going to be changing every week. But with Division 1 down, I feel like all those spots... Uh, uh, whoever's going to be contending will stay. It's just a lot of positions. I think the Oracle's got his work cut out in the next four weeks because there's going to be upsets. <laughs> oh, there's oh, yeah. there's always is. There's, 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 is. Been, yeah. there's been plenty of upsets in the past <laughs> yeah. couple there's of weeks. There's plenty yesterday <laughs> yeah. afternoon, so there's still a lot more to, to happen. There's still some sides in Division 1 that if, if North Ring would slip up, they'll be right there for the taking. But uh, that's all done. Uh, Blake, you're off to, to coaching, I believe. Yes, you're yes. coaching this afternoon. Where La- are you off to? Last game today. Unfortunately, we silent uh, Sunday. Silent Sunday, yes. I've got to be a bit quiet, yes. Um, but now, unfortunately, with my uh, my side is just it's a resilient group, but we won't be making it um, next week. But yeah, I think we've got Fair Park at Montrose in about an hour's time, actually. So I better <laughs> better get hurry. <laughs> better get going. And then Ray, what are you up to? This uh, I'm going around my daughter's house. I'm in the middle of demolishing a great big uh, gym thing for in their backyard. Oh, so. there you go. Bit of work to do this afternoon. And Josh, uh, it's got to be some sort of local footy. Uh, you're I'll be watching. You? I'll be watching Charlie Kerno's ten goals on repeat for the rest of the afternoon. Oh, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> uh, there is a local footy game I'm going to later, but um, no, nah, it's uh, it's been a great weekend and uh, a good discussion today as well. Northern, Northern game. Yeah, Northern duty's mm. calling for me. Well, there you go. We, uh, that's <laughs> it for us for uh, today. We'll uh, be back for the Friday podcast to wrap up uh, or preview the last few rounds of the season. He's about 40 out. He's going to have to. He's going to play on, run around, give himself some room. Set sail for home. Samuel Hart. Yes. He's got it. Back to four points. What a good goal that was. The Red Jackets are up and about. Nine seven.